Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, here we go. We're coming back to the Legend of the Woods series. You guys Woo! thought we were done, but we're not. We're never done, bro. We're just going to keep this rolling. Um, we have what five or six lined up right now to come on. So we got a handful. Yeah, we got, got a, handful a handful to come on. We don't know how many we're gonna like do, but we're just gonna keep it rolling because you guys really like it. So this one was we struggled for a while trying to find an East Coast deer that was big, had some trash, and had a good story. And we finally found Rogue Whitetail Dominic out there. Um, what what do you say? Four blocks from the beach. He shot this fuck. <laughs> yeah. So cool, man. Right. I mean, just a complete different suburban hunt and an awesome deer. 19 scoreable points. 
Super cool. Um, you don't hear a lot about New Jersey for Bucks. So, and one thing that's different from all the other legends that we've done is, you know, he didn't have like a really clear trail cam picture of him, or you know, um, got to see a really good look. So when he's walking up to him the first time, it's like, holy shit, like yeah. this is it, you know. And then so, two encounters, you know, he comes in, then you don't get the shot, and then he comes back. I yeah. mean, that's pretty epic. So. I really like this story. This was a quick one. He was headed to the beach or the <laughs> lake with his old lady. Um, his old lady came on and told us the real reason he kills deer is, is her. <laughs> yes. So that's pretty solid. Uh, he is a police officer. We thank all police officers, EMT, firefighters, as, as well as our veterans. So with that being said, let's get into the partners. We're going to start with the VIP veteran broadhead. I got the shout out this re- week. Okay. I'm going to shout out Jeff Basham. Um, he was a Marine Corps for four years and uh, then went to reserve for a while. And then is now he works with us on the railroad. So shout out to Basham. I appreciate your service, man. Uh, I appreciate what you do at work for us also. Great guy. Um, He's a very good guy. Yeah, always there to help. So uh, just like I feel like the guys in the military just have that sense about them where they are. They want to help people. They like want to do can, the right thing. Yeah, you can count on me, and if whatever you tell me that needs to get done, just consider it done. Yep. So, we appreciate your service. Um, VIP Veteran Broadhead website has just rolled out. The new VIP website is out. The 175 grains on there. The 100 grains on there. You can buy from the website now. It is up and running. Um, he redid the whole thing. You might see homie's face on there. Uh, I don't know who the photographer was, but shout out to him. Might have might have hit the focus a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, super excited for UIP to redo their website. And uh, I know there's a lot more products coming to that. There's going to be a lot of reviews of the veteran, personal reviews, not from celebrities, no. like a lot of people see from reg- regular guys just like us that shoot this broadhead and have had success. Matt knows the value of a regular guy telling you that he's successful with it instead of a celebrity hunter, just like this podcast, reaching for the normal guys instead of the celebrities. Yep. So, uh, let's see. When you got a guy on there that says, well, I I took 10 animals with this same broadhead, and I can still shave the hair off my arm. Yeah, that's insane. It's almost unbelievable, but it's it's video and picture. Yeah, it's absolutely true. it's, It's unbelievable. So, but it's... Super badass. I mean, you don't get any more, you don't get a stronger and more American made broadhead than that. I mean, everything. There's nothing, there's no Chinese steel on this. It's not packaged in America or shipped in here and made. It's 100% American. It's supporting multiple small businesses in every head. There's a spring engineer. There's a a shaft engineer, a blade guy, Matt and Cindy, Mm -hmm. the packaging guy. I mean, you're, you're helping a lot of, United States small business companies. Man, I really, I really, I really like this right here. It's been a while since we got like super passionate to get on <laughs> yeah. better. I, yeah, I love when we get deep on that because yeah. I mean, if you guys just follow my personal page on Facebook, I'll get like super deep on any broadhead talk. If you want to talk broadheads, homie's your guy. He'll, no, he'll don't. Just, he'll just avoid it. Because rattle I'll, you for an hour. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Ingram's outdoor obsession. Um, Ingram just put out a fire buck today fire. um did you see the saliva on the tongue on the close-up 
I did not see I, this I want to see. I want to see it in real life. Yeah. I thought you might have taken the picture of that. No, I didn't. Dude. It wasn't ready when I was in there. Ooh. Yeah. So he's got a hard right turn. The deer is turned completely around on its right side, and it's got its tongue out licking like its top of the shoulder yeah, blade. Yeah, right shoulder blade. Dude, I mean, looking, looking badass. Yeah. The neck muscles. The ears pinned back like that. Like, if a deer was going to lick back like that, I feel like his ears need to be pinned back. Kill yeah. the ears. Um, the the tongue, the saliva on the tongue, the hairs rolled back and forward. I yeah. mean, that it is legit. The detail work that he puts in is incredible. I mean, he does not skimp on anything. He's going full-time. He's cranking out the bucks. We are jacked for Ingram, if you can't tell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. ECW calls. <clears throat> There is, he just came out with an all new line of grunt tubes this year. Yep. And they will be at the grand opening in Roseville on the 28th of August. I think the 16th. Oh, 16th, man. I'm, I'm, I, pr- I, homie, probably, I probably still missed it. Homie is always <laughs> the guy that keeps me, keeps me in, yeah. in tech. Yeah. I think it's the 16th. Nice. Okay. The 16th. Roseville, Illinois, grand opening of his store. Dude, there's another spider on the wall. We Are have a. Kid- we're wow. gonna have to get some spider least, hunters in there. I say at least that one's a daddy. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have anybody that's good spider hunter. We need your tactics on the podcast. <laughs> we're getting desperate. Yeah, <laughs> desperate for content, man. Desperate <laughs> for content. All right, we got Sitlock. Um, one thing that I've been using, utilizing a lot is the Oz One Hundred in my house. That thing has been in my basement on cycle for I don't know how long, and I went down there, still rocking. Still, still, nice. I had that hot hot water leak, hot water heater oh, yep, broke and yep. leaked. And, shout out uh, McGee. Yeah, shout out me. And uh, I had some carpet down there where I got rid of the carpet, and it still got that like musk. And I run that thing, and it's completely took it out. Then I had the boiler leak, and I was like, oh, okay. So here I gotta just keep <laughs> running it. You know what I mean? So put new carpet down. Boom, boiler leak again. So, um, but yeah, that thing has been cranking nonstop for months, and. Never had a problem with it yet. So the Oz 100 is great for anything in your house or out in the studio, anywhere you can plug it in, camper, anything like that that you want to deodorize on cycle mode when you're not there. It's awesome. For sure. I really enjoyed this one. Like I said, this is a quick legend stories. We're going to come at you with a couple more. But uh, enjoy Dominic um, for the hunt of Bombay. All right, here we go. We got representing new jersey how you doing tonight what's up cody it's dominic here man i'm excited to have you on um we don't hear a lot about out in your neck of the woods so i was excited to make the connection get you on um for that part of the country i feel like you shot a legendary deer i mean i don't you don't hear much about giants coming out of there um so i'm just excited to hear the story yeah, I'm uh I'm super excited. It was definitely uh one of the best probably the top top three hunts of my life and obviously the biggest year I've ever taken with the bow of my life. So it was definitely a rush. I actually had to watch the video like four or five times because everything was a blur when it came through. Yeah, I so. bet. So here's your two second or two minute commercial. Uh <laughs> go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Dominic uh, Bolognese. I'm from New Jersey. I'm 31 years old. I've been hunting since I was a little kid. I think the first time I ever went out and hunt was w- with my father, Dominic. He uh, packed me up in uh, his backpack almost when I was a little baby, threw me on the back of the quad. And I mean, there's pictures of it, but I don't remember it, but it definitely stuck. 
Uh, nice. I'm a police officer, and I've been in law enforcement now for eight years. And if I'm not working, I'm either out in the woods or fishing pretty much. Nice. Well, I appreciate for your duty, man. Every time we get a law enforcement or EMT or someone on like that, we make sure and to shout you out because I feel like you guys don't get the credit nowadays, especially with social media, that you guys deserve. So we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. All right. Well, let's get into the story. Uh, the story of Bombay. So uh, go ahead and describe the buck for the listeners and then go ahead and break down right into the story of the hunt. Well, Bombay was Bombay's 19 scoreable points. Um, he's just an absolute freak. And when I actually saw him from the blind at 12 yards, my camera guy at the time, Vinny, uh, the rocker from Jersey addicted outdoors, just he said, oh, my Lord. And the way we were sitting in the blind, he saw him first. And once he said those words, I said, wow. I was like, you ain't kidding, because we can never really get a picture of this deer or clear enough picture. But um, Bombay, uh, he gave me a rant for my money. I'll tell you that. Uh, we started getting pictures of him early, early in July. Um. Like I said, the pictures weren't that great because it was so thick and I could never get a, a clear enough picture. But I had gone in there, cut down, I would say about because it's super thick where we were hunting. Um, there was no big trees. It was all low brush. We cut about, I would say, a 15 by 50 yard strip just so he can actually come into the to the bait because we uh, we're at the bait here in New Jersey. Um. I use uh, mostly corn early season and sweet feed. Uh, sweet feed really holds the deer. I don't know what it is, but I know it's high in protein, and they really love it. Um, after getting a few pictures, he was one of the bucks that actually, well, A, stuck out because of just his, his the craziness of a rack he had. And uh, like I said, he uh, he really surprised me when I seen him at that yardage. Uh, but we went out. It was Saturday. It was opening day. I shot my doe. And then we had rain for the next three days. So Sunday came along. We had, I would say, about six does and a couple of little bucks come in. They were uh, feeding. No sign of him. No pictures. I had the cell camera out there. I still didn't get any pictures. Come Monday... I believe it was September 10th, same thing, same scenario with rain. Uh, I hunted it again. I was in the ground blind, uh, does and little bucks. And then Tuesday, my buddy Vinny, he called me up. He was like, what are you doing? I said, I think this deer is dead. I know there's other people hunting it. I was like, I haven't had a picture. He's like, well, rain's supposed to stop early. He goes, let's just go. Let's give it a shot. I said, okay, if you're down, I'm down. We'll go. So, we headed out, we sprayed down, we threw up uh, two Ozonics units uh, because the wind was really bad. It was blowing right towards the bait and where he comes from. I had the Ozonics 300 and the 200 out. I had them on boost because it, like we had a really terrible storm and I was just nervous. I didn't want to blow him out of there if he was still around. But sure enough, Within 45 minutes, 30 minutes, the rain stopped. I mean, it was complete silence. And I seen Vinny go to the camera and he clicked record. And I was like, well, there ain't nothing here. What is he recording? 
And then he goes, oh, my Lord. And that was it. I, that buck turned the corner, and I seen the rack, and I said, oh, my gosh. I said, this is the biggest year I've ever seen in my life. And like I said, at 12 yards, you can imagine the adrenaline and the rush that you get at seeing the deer of that caliber that close. So my heart was beating out of, out of my chest. Yeah, especially on the ground. Seeing it in a tree oh. stand is one thing, but right eye level, you're like, oh. Eye level, I mean, I've when never. When I see a doe out of the blind eye level, I'm like, oh, God, she's going to see me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and the funny part is that I actually was calmer than him because the deer comes in, and the way we were sitting in the blind, he was to my right, then and so was the deer. He's got perfect view, but I had this tree that, of course, at the time when uh, we set it up, my girlfriend said, you should probably cut this. And I didn't because I thought I knew more. But I give her full credit. And I should have listened to her because uh, we set it up together. But um, he cleared the tree. And as he cleared the tree, then he couldn't get on him. So I actually drew back on the deer. I was at full draw. And then he's like, I don't have him in camera. I don't have the camera. So then I let down and he actually got tangled up in the brush and he walked off. And my heart kind of sank, but it was more of a a better feeling because I knew that he was alive and I knew that he knew that the bait was there coming back. He didn't really get a chance to eat and we didn't spook him or anything. So we kept, Vinny kept rolling the film and uh, sure enough, I can just peek out the side of the blinds. I see him do a 180 and he's, now he's coming full tilt right back just taking his time. He comes back in the frame. Then he says he's got him on camera. As soon as he said that, I was like, all right, here we go. I get to like quarter draw, half draw, and he turns up and he looks right at me. Now I see him again, 12 yards. He's looking at me and I'm like, oh my God, we're, we're busted. And now I got to hold this, this bow at half draw. And I'm sure you guys, you know, you've been in, in that situation before. It's, it's not easy. No, not at all. Almost yeah. impossible to hold a half draw. So. And I'm sweating as it is. I'm like, the beads are rolling down my face. I'm like sitting on the most uncomfortable chair possible. And he puts his head down and he, boom, he starts to feed again. And uh, he sticks his head right in. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Racketter. Nope. nope. Okay. So my buddy Gerard, he uh, started this company a while ago. Um, he actually contacted us, uh, a few of the guys from like, a couple of my buddies from Jersey Outdoors. He contacted us and gave us a couple of bags of the speed enhancer and uh, a bunch of different scents. And we've, we've been using them, and they've worked very well. But usually when I bait, I'll take like a small cup of the speed enhancer. It's an apple blend, and I throw it out in the corn as they get deer on the pile. Because every time that feed gets in there, they know that, like, all right, that's the dinner bell for them, you know? They know it's there. But he sticks his head right in there. I come back full draw, and I let it fly. I hit him a little high because well, I don't know why I hit him high. I think because I was so close to him. I never shot that close before in my life. <laughs> and being, uh, you know, and he just took off through the brush, and he disappeared. Um, we kind of instantly knew that it was a definite long shot. So, uh. We started packing all our stuff up. We waited about 15 minutes, and uh, we got up, got our stuff. We started tracking. It was very hard to find blood because everything was so wet, and the arrow actually never 
pass through the deer. Actually hit him a little high where he got stuck on the other side. Um, but we found him within 40 yards and he was piled up. And I just, you know, I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I mean, he just got bigger as I got closer. And, uh, you know, first phone call I made was to my dad because uh, he's the one that got me into this. And, you know, I thank him every day for taking me out. So it was just, you know, a bunch of emotions running. And like I said, one of the best hunts of my life. And I got to experience it with one of my good friends, too. So, yeah, that's awesome. That. Yeah. No, yeah. When you walk up onto and you finally see what you got, especially like you said, you didn't get a good trail cam picture. That's something that me and homies struggle with is getting mm-hmm. like a full on, what do I got going on picture, you know, where here in Illinois, we can't bait. So like to get one standing over a bait pile where you get like every angle is so hard for us to do. Um, mm-hmm. we're, I'm running one on a mobile or a mobile set on a food plot right now. And now I'm getting every angle. I'm getting too many pictures. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, they had a tornado, like a small tornado come through here. Uh, it, it really depends, I guess. I, I can definitely tell you this. The, the weather has changed dramatically since I've grown up here. You know, um, I noticed a lot of, uh, like, the winter and fall, It's everything's being pushed forward. You know, like, September, like, late September, I mean, I'm wearing a T-shirt out there, you know? I mean. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, what it, uh, it's not what it used to be. Um, it's definitely changing. And, uh, you know, with change, you got to uh, – you got to change the tactics and, uh, just adjust to them. You know, every, every, there's always change in everything that happens around. So yeah, for sure. You guys do plant food plots quite a bit out there though. Don't you? Uh, last year was the first food plot I ever did. I was going to um, say, I think I've seen some videos of maybe, was it your dad's hunt over? Yeah. I yeah. set that up. I set that up for my father. We did, uh, I did two food plots for him and, uh, me and the guys, we got together, we rented a couple brush hogs got some uh, seeds uh, I mean we turned an apple orchard into a you know a buffet <laughs> nice I, it, was, it was awesome and my dad really uh he loved it it was a ground blind setup again um my dad's been through a lot he's had cancer three times he actually just got cleared completely of it wow um congratulations like, to that that's yeah, awesome thank you July 3rd so uh he called me up and he's like I'm ready <laughs> I was like all right <laughs> Back to uh, the drawing board here. I'm going to go and get something set up for you, you know. And, um, but yeah, the food plot was great. He uh, capitalized huge. He shot three bucks on it, uh, three good bucks, you know. Nice. Yeah, I seen one of the honey shot a dandy buck, had some trash, super cool. He was jacked. It's something about seeing like the dads and the sons together getting jacked. That's, that's super cool. So that's something oh, yeah. I look forward to with my little ones. So hopefully my son puts a food plot in for me when he gets bigger. That'd be pretty stat. <laughs> I tell you what, that was uh, that, it's a lot of work. You know, I give the guys a lot of credit that uh, that don't have um, that aren't allowed to hunt over bait. You know, I mean, I've been out to Kansas uh, before, and it's a total different world. I mean, my buddy Chris, my taxidermist, he took me out to Kansas two years ago, and I said, Chris, I go, what do I do? I've never seen property like this. You know, I, I get up in a tree stand and I look out to my right and a hundred yards to my right, there's a house and they're watching, you know, the daily news. You know what I mean? I went out to Kansas and I'm like, what? what like, where it's not a house for 80 miles. 
you know, and I, and don't get me wrong. I seen the biggest buck of my life out in Kansas. Um, I unfortunately just, I couldn't get a shot. It was the biggest typical eight point I've ever seen in my life. Um, he actually said it was the biggest one he's ever seen. And, um, I just unfortunately didn't, wasn't able to capitalize on the, on the situation, but you know, it's still, I still had a blast and it's definitely, like I said, I give you guys a ton of credit out there. You know, that's, that's the real, the real deal right there. Yeah. That's something I mean, homie, we have a lot of people on here that bait and we're all for it. If we could do it in Illinois, we would do some of it, especially to get that or, you know, inventory of what we got for bucks. But, yeah. uh, it's hard to relay it on sometimes, you know, I'm like, Oh, I get pictures of them every day on bait. I'm like, we, if we get a picture of a buck five times in a whole season, that's pretty solid, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, but it's super well, cool. You know that- what? I'll tell you what I would, uh, I would probably enjoy hunting more out there than I would here only because of the challenge. And I, I'm a big guy with a big challenge kind of guy. I, you know, that's, I'm not really a gun hunter. I mean, a, it's really hard to gun hunt in New Jersey kind of they're kind of getting away from it which is it's pretty good too because our buck population is kind of getting slimmer um and uh you know if i could hunt out west every year i'd be there you know but yeah um one one other thing i want to ask does most of the new jersey deer have that dark uh antler color or is that just because you're shooting them early season or that's that's mostly early season um that's usually as soon as the velvet comes right off Nice. Um, yeah. I love that. A lot of the bucks you'd kill to got that real dark, uh, darkness to them. So that's something that's hard to find around here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know also if maybe the, the cross play, uh, um, or the, the, the structure of the land play a big deal in that. I know we have a lot of a swamp. Um, I'm very big into hunting the swamps and the hard places to get because a lot of people won't take the time and, you know, bust their butt to go out there and trudge through, you know, a foot of water and get to a, a little island, per se, yeah. on a piece of property, you know. Are you hunting a lot of public out there, or is it mostly just little private pieces, or? Uh, so what I do is I drive around, I look at my phone on maps, I look for land, and I knock on doors. Um, I will knock on a door. I don't care who it is, who they are. If you don't ask, you don't know. That's my, that's my theory on it. Um, and you know what? There might not be a, a, a deer per se there that is what you're looking for, but a year from now or two years from now, you never know. So that's what, that's what, I, that's my tactic on that. I just say, uh, you know, it's mostly all private and I go door to door. Yeah. We, we try to do that. One thing I like about it is people is like, well, I got this piece and there is no bucks on it. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Cause now, you know, in that area, there's, exactly. there's nothing that you want to hunt. So go a half mile down the road and try again, you know, cause a, yeah. lot, a lot of times if you get one in one area, you hunt there for a while, then you can get maybe another little side piece or 10 acres here or something. But if there's nothing there that satisfies what you're trying to get, it's time to go to a different place. You know, even a half mile can make a huge difference. Go half oh, mile down the road, you know, look for something that that property didn't have water ag and try again. And then well, I, like around around here, it's uh like I said, it's very suburban. There's houses all over. You get little funnels, and I'm very big into hunting funnels. Um, and you're right behind people's houses. They give the okay written on a piece of paper, and you're good to go. You know. That's cool, um, man. I'm gonna do some suburban hunting this year. So. Hey, listen. Anytime you guys want to come out here, 
I got a house. I got three bedrooms. Come on down, please. Uh, I'd be more than happy to set you guys up. Um, definitely. You know, I, I'm more than welcome to come down. Well, we appreciate that, man. Yeah, we got sure. so much going on right now. <laughs> we got, we both got two kids. I got another one on the way, and it's just hard All to right. make time to do what we got to do. But hey. Like you said, maybe not this year, but maybe a couple years. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep absolutely. connected, and then maybe we can get something together. But maybe yeah. see if the see if the boys or the or the kids want to uh, make a food plot. I'll be uh, happy to have. To, <laughs> yeah, there, uh, yeah, we can make so, one at your place. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's so cool how you know we're both trying to hunt the same creature, but it's such a different terrain and area that it's completely different tactics, but. So Bombay, awesome. did you have any history with him before this year, or was this just a buck that you found on a property and went for it? So I was actually sent a picture of this deer. Um, it was taken on the side of the road in the thick, and uh, my buddy John sent it to me. And it was early, probably July, when he did it. And I saw the main beam on it, and I said, wow, it's, it's going to be a good one, because they got a ton of growing still. So I looked at the property on my uh, – Ionix, and I saw two houses at the end of the cul-de-sac that owned some uh, some property behind a house. So I drove up to them. The one guy, John, uh, John, the one guy, uh, Harry, was out there cutting his um, cutting the bushes in the front. And I said, "Sir," I was like, "He goes, can I help you?" I'm like, "You're gonna think I'm nuts, but I'm a deer hunter." And he goes, "Oh." He goes, please. He goes, come meet my neighbor. He goes, we have a huge deer problem. And that was it. I was in. Nice. Perfect. You know, so I got super lucky. I mean, they were, they were, he he said they'd been waiting for someone to come and knock on their door for it. Because you don't get, you know, you don't get too many people knocking on doors down by the beach. Yeah. When you're uh, looking for deer, you know, like yeah. I said four blocks from the beach. From the beach, it's kind of weird. But, catching, catching a know, wake and spotting for yeah. bucks, man. Yeah, this is where they are. You know, they're in places that you would never imagine. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I looked at the harvest uh, report for the suburban area I'm going to hunt, and you look at where they're harvested, and you're like, why are them deer there? There's nothing there, but there it's the bucks pressure. are there. So, I, I believe I honestly think a lot of pressure in the woods is what was what really does it i you know they're not they're not uh they're not stupid animals you know there's a lot to take into consideration with them they're they're very smart they know what's up they know that they're you know they're haunted and they know when something's wrong in their area it's like you being at your house and you walk in and you see something moved around you know something happened here at one point or you know at times and yeah. you question like What's going on? They're Most the of the same. time, my wife moves something. He <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't hear this. <laughs> but yeah, so when uh when you're looking for these properties, are are you like is two acres too little or three acres too little? I mean, what what are you what are you looking for? Just anything to see if you can. There's a buck on there. Um. Well, a lot of my a, a lot of my time is spent spotting at night. Um, whether it's with a spotlight or it's with the headlights of my car driving down the road. I mean, like I said, down here, it's, it's, it's very different. There's very little pieces of woods, um, little strips, funnels, but I usually hit the big, you know, cornfields and bean fields early season. And I get a, an idea on what is, what's around in those areas. Um, I do have a lot of friends that don't hunt. Um, 
obviously a lot of law enforcement guys that don't hunt, but, you know, they work midnights and, hey, I saw a giant deer, you know, over here on this guy's property. And I'm like, well, I need a picture because sometimes they say giant and it's a six-pointer that's like, you know. Yeah, 100-inch six-pointer. <laughs> You know what I mean? But then yeah. again, you know, I'll still knock on the door and, you know, ask them and see what they say. I mean, listen, I have more fun, you know, shooting, you know, a bunch of does because it's unlimited does here. We have our doe populations through the roof, you know. Crazy. Um, is there I, is, I, is there very many hunters out there or is it pretty low numbers? Um, Well, I think the hunting population grew dramatically. Um you know, it's, it's very, it's, and it's, it's actually growing and, and crossbows and, you know, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but you get a lot of guys trespassing. Like I was talking to a buddy out West and, uh, you know, I told him, I said, Hey, I got, you know, four cameras stolen at a tree stand. He goes, what? I was like, yeah. I'm like, this is an every year occurrence. So I'm always getting stuff stolen. They're like, you could hang your bow up in the tree for a week and no one's going to touch it out here. I'm like, you know, that would be great. Yeah. You know, when I went to Kansas, uh, my buddy Chris, he's like, yeah, leave your bow up there. Leave your Ozonics. Take the battery out. He goes, you're fine. I go, what? He goes, this isn't New Jersey. I'm like, huh. <laughs> okay. You know, but yeah, it's it's definitely growing. It's it's growing. Uh, every year it's growing. But then again, as it grows, we're losing more property to homes. So. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, and these deer have nowhere to go. They really don't. Do you think it's grow? The population might be growing in your area because of like suburban whitetail hunters and you know the guys that are doing that and showing that it can be done. So people are like, "Well, I might try that." You know, something different. Yeah, yeah, I could see it growing. We we've got uh, the public I hunted around my place back in the day, eight ten years ago. You'd mm-hmm. see hardly no one out there. Now it's just loaded because public's cool. It's like the thing to do, you know what I mean? And back then, I got laughed at for hunting public. They're like, oh, you hunt public? What are you doing out there? You know what I mean? But now, yeah. since the the craze is public, you drive out there anytime, and there's three trucks a parking lot, and you're like, what is going oh, on with this place? But I'll, I'll tell you what. The public hunting land that we have out here is actually really, really, really fantastic. It is. We have a lot of property, and it's just big woods. And the problem is so many people get on there and they push everything out. You know what I mean? Um, but these guys don't realize, too, you know, these deer, as you're pushing them, they're going to these little woodlots and that's where they are. You know, I mean, I have my ultimate favorite deer, my eight-pointer Dutch that I called. He was next to public land that had to be, I don't know, there had to be at least over 100 acres. For us, that's huge, you know? Yeah, that's um, and right across the road was CVS and a two-acre lot, or three-acre lot, rather. And that's where he lived. Wow. And you just shake your head like. Man, you could get, out, I, get out of the stand and get some snacks and get back in <laughs> real easy. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I had my buddy David, my best friend David. He, uh, It was like 100 degrees in that ground wine. I actually was in shorts and a T-shirt. I think three hours in, I was T-shirt was gone. I was wiping sweat off my face. Um. I told him, I said, dude, you got to come up here and I, I need a Gatorade. I'm like, I don't care if you throw it, something, <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> and he did, you know, he dropped off a little care package to me. I walked out and grabbed it. Nice. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's really what it is out here. It's, it's totally different. That's super cool, man. Yeah. 
So with the the small wood lots that you guys have up there, I know you said you shot Bombay out of a ground blind, and then obviously your father on an apple orchard, which I'm not expecting a big tree to be on an apple orchard, but where you had were hunting Bombay, um, were you like kind of forced to be in a ground blind, like because there's no good big trees to be in? Um, you know what? I think for me, hunting out of the ground blind is, it's a little bit easier because I'm a big self-filmer. Um, I like working the tripod better than the camera arm. There's less movement to be seen by the deer. Um, also, it was so thick. There, there, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were trees, but I feel like, I feel like you're doing too much if you're getting up in a tree. If you could walk into somewhere, just walk, go in shut the ground blind and sit down you're good and that that ground line is going to hold a lot of noise um a lot of movement you know if you're uh if you're i know you're really big on ozonics so that ozone in there it's going to work a lot better in a blind than it is in a stand too so yeah it's gonna do like i said uh, it's it and that that ozonics is gonna uh i yeah i believe it's gonna work way better because you ain't got to worry about wind drift anything like that it's straight pumping out you know both sides, I mean, I used I used two that day because we had a very strong wind, and uh, I tell you what, at 12 yards, it didn't affect him or any other deer. I, I don't really worry about the wind anymore ever since I got onto that, you know? I really don't. Um, I've heard a lot dad, of people say that. It blows my mind, right? but I've heard a lot of people say, that, you know, I, I hunt the off wind because that's when the buck's going to show up, which by our trail cams... Mm-hmm. every giant we've had, we're like, well, couldn't hunt that. It's wrong wind. You know what I mean? So I could see why the giants do show up on that off wind. Um, mm-hmm. So we haven't used ozone in the field at all, mm-hmm. but we use ozone before we go, you know, the bag, the truck, you know, the closet, stuff like that. And I think it works incredibly well doing that. You know, I've, I get, I've never get blowed at, I might get busted, but nothing ever blows. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But uh, I could see in the tree it being effective if you knew how to use it. Uh, that's just something that we've never dove into and really tried to do. You know what I mean, hunting out of the tree with it? Yeah, using ozone in the field. Oh, okay. I mean, like I said, a lot of people have their different feelings on it. For me, I it works. It works for me, and ever since I've ever got it in my hand, I've you know, I mean, I've also gotten a lot more serious about the hunting that I do. Um, so I know that's got a lot to do with, you know, some hunting. I've learned a lot too over the years. Um, but for me, it works, you know, and I trust, you know, every bit of it. Um, and like I said, it, it's an extra tool, you know, in your arsenal. I mean, why not have it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, I got a quiver the whole six arrows. Well, I'm going to bring two. Well, you're stupid. You know, no, you never know. I've had to use more than two on a doe before. So, (laughs) well, I'll tell you the first year I ever shot with my father, uh, it took me five arrows, but I did it. (laughs) Hey, that's all that matters. You got her done. So, homie, homie burns through shotgun shells, not arrows. Yep, he can hit him with a bow, but shotgun, he struggles. (laughs) So, at first, my our one buddy, Davey, he couldn't hit anything. The only thing he was good at hitting him with was with his truck, but (laughs) he's gotten over He's done pretty well. <laughs> nice. well. Do you have any any bucks picked out this season yet? So I have a deer I call Webb. Um, 
he's about six and a half. My girlfriend's laughing at me. <laughs> Tell her to come on the podcast. <laughs> well, we're going to switch over to Bluetooth real quick. There you go. So she's going to hold on. Go ahead and say hello. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> hello. Got that heavy Northeast accent. Yeah. I have a Northeast accent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do I sound like I'm from Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> I need sneakers, huh? No. <laughs> Just not. Hold on one second, Cody. I'm sorry. I'm oh, no problem, man. This is this is live action right it here. Is. We love this stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, he said live action. What comes next? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's our meeting call. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he said that uh, you sh- you told him to trim a, a limb, and he didn't listen so he 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 gave you some props on the show oh yeah yeah so. with, wait with what with uh, the buck the big one that we cut the um home shot this down bomb bay remember we set the ground one? Oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh, you yeah. got that deer because of me <laughs> <laughs> did you ever tell them about the 5 a.m that was dutch yeah that was he never would have gotten that deer if i didn't push him now the truth comes out. All out fight that morning. I'm not going. And I said, "You're going to get this deer, or I'm going to kill you myself." Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was Dutch. Little do you know, I dropped him off at his spot at 5 a.m. and he shot it by eight. Nice. Yeah, she didn't have her. She didn't have her truck for work, so I was like, I was wheelless. You know, I had no truck. And, whatever uh, it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes, man. Absolutely. You could have just Ubered to CVS and then <laughs> walked in. Be like, Uber, I'm bringing a bow, some Ozonics. It's cool. I'm just going hunting down here. You need to come back and pick me up at like 8 o'clock, man. <laughs> so, All right, I'm back. I'm back in. We just uh, we just got in the truck now. We're headed out. What, uh, be out here. I forgot what we were speaking about. Yeah. I think we did. I think we forgot too. <laughs> this is too good. This is too good of a podcast right now. I love the randomness of podcasting. It's so fun. And and like a lot of podcasts would stop and edit this out, but we just roll it all. <laughs> oh, nice. That's what yeah. I'm about. Yeah. So we know that you're busy, man. We appreciate you coming on, spend some time with us. Um, I want you to enjoy your weekend. Uh, thanks for telling the story of Bombay. Um, thanks for representing New Jersey. Um, absolutely very cool nice to meet you uh stay in touch with us and uh we'll follow your season on social media cody thank you so much and uh i'm looking forward to uh meeting you guys in person and uh maybe getting a hunting together for sure that'd be sweet hell yes all right we just get done talking i think i should say this is the outro <laughs> like at the beginning <laughs> so people are like oh this is the outro okay i was say sometimes it just blends in yeah You're sometimes like, that blends in did the guy hang up in three yeah seconds yeah and you guys are just talking again yeah so but the power of technology yeah the power of technology we need like a tech guy to make like some sick this is the or (laughs) the entro or whatever bro we'll go to that monster voice and we'll just make it it right now um i really enjoyed this story um dominic laid it out for us real quick real fast he was busy we had a little time um, miss up East Coast, Central West Coast time zone always gets me messed up. Uh, but he was nice enough to stick around and make it happen. 
Um, we got to hear a little bit from his old lady. That was nice. She seems super cool and, sure. uh, you know, passionate for him about hunting. Yeah, and definitely helping him in the outdoors. Yeah, so, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, he, he broke some tactics down that you can just do in Jersey, you know, four, four blocks from a beach and baiting and stuff that we can't relate to, but it was super cool to hear it. You can hear the passion in this guy's voice. I'm looking forward to staying connected with him and living out his season. The guy is good at posting the season on social media, so I like following him. And, I mean, it's not his first giant that he's taken down. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a couple other giants yeah. on his on his Follow him social. at, uh, he's at Jersey Outdoors, right? Yep, Jersey and Outdoors. For his group and then Rogue Whitetail on Instagram. Um, yep. That's where I follow his content. But uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're going to keep the legends rolling. And this was the legend from the east coast of New Jersey. Um, get out there. Get those cams out. Find your bucks, your velvet bucks. Think about how you're going to kill them. It's probably not going to work out because that's what happens every time for us. <laughs> and then we end up killing them later in the year. But uh, get out there. Try to leave a legacy and wipe the legacies out. He said get out there and do it, but it's probably not going to work. Well, I'm just being <laughs> honest. I like to spit the truth on this. There you go. All right, man. We're out. We're out.